3CR Community Radio, 855am. Hi, you're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network, produced at 3CR Community Radio on Wurundjeri Country. And I'm Nikki Stott. Earlier this year to celebrate NAIDOC Week, the Indigenous Peoples Organisation Australia, in collaboration with Better Futures Australia, hosted a webinar series called Heal Country, Heal Climate. Today on the show we'll hear part two of a three-part episode called Custodians of Country. And this episode is chaired by Gairi and Butchler woman Kathy Etok from the Indigenous Peoples Organisation of Australia. And the speakers are Kabi Kabi and Gurang Gurang Man, Pastor Ray Minikon, Naranga Gunditchamara, Nuganjeri and Adnamatya Man, Chris Bonney, Ewan Man, Bruce Pascoe, and Wiradjuri and Nyamba woman, Dr. Virginia Marshall. There's food all through there, but there's also there's trees where tulamons have been taken off. There's laced trees, but there's stone everywhere, stone that the old people use. So we feel at home there, and we like to bring the young kids there. We like to bring the old people there and say, you know, here is our land, here is our work, here are our plants. But the importance of our work is not just cultural, it's also environmental. Those grasses are perennial. Once they're in the ground, you never have to touch them again, apart from harvesting them because their root mass will just grow and grow and grow. If a plant dies, and occasionally they do, the seeds will fill that hole with another plant or its sister plant or brother plant will grow there. And all of them have these massive root masses that sequester carbon. Now, I'm pretty sure we didn't have a word for sequester carbon, but I know that our old people were aware that that's how you build soil. You build soil out of allowing all the nutrients to stay there. You build soil by not depleting it. And um, our current agricultural practices, uh, the Western form of agriculture, deplete soil and you have to replenish it with chemicals. Whereas here is a way of building soil, of loving soil, of worshipping soil in a spiritual way. It's the same with our tubers. The old people used to come along and harvest those tubers, but they never pulled the plant out of the ground. They took the tubers they needed and put them in the bag, and then they would press the plant back into the ground. These are plants that love country, look after country, and it's a whole system, and our people knew that they were no better than the soil. Our people knew that they had to look after the land so that their children, their grandchildren, but also Mother Earth could be looked after, so that the quail could be looked after, so that the snipe could be looked after, so that Berendurendurin, the plover, had somewhere to hide. The gallo white-faced heron had somewhere to eat. It's a beautiful system. 
It's well thought out. People say our people were just wanderers of the earth. And, you know, it's not bad wandering over the earth. It's a beautiful place. And wandering is great for your soul. But our people were also conscious of how we ate, how we got food, how we shared food, and how we looked after where the food came from. And the sophistication of our old people system just always amazes me. I think back to those old people that told the story of the bony brim, and I think they knew, eh? They knew what it was required to be human on this continent, the driest continent on Earth, the least fertile continent on Earth. Those old people knew how to love and look after her. They didn't want her to be anything else. They didn't want her to be more fertile. She was who she was, and it was up to us to protect her. Right up from Chris's place, right up to Brawarana and beyond, following that old river and, you know, Brad Deadman up there at Brawarana tells me a story of Boney Brim and creation of that river. And yet Brad took me for a walk a couple of kilometres away from the river and the earth was bare and it, it was blowing up into our faces because that ground was being prepared for cotton. Our people never had that country bare in that exact place. Sir Thomas Mitchell, Australian explorer, commented that the grass was higher than his saddle. What has gone wrong? Our old people had a way of caring for land. And I'm so proud of those people. I really do shake my head at their wisdom and their courage and their care. And I think all of that, you couldn't do it without organisation. An organisation, you could call it governance, you could call it planning, you could call it social planning, whatever it was, the old people had devised it and they had told people, just as the whale tells us people down in Ewan country, that we mustn't fight each other for land. We can get cranky, we can hit each other, we can abuse each other, we can tell bad stories about each other, but we must not take anyone else's land. And that, that has stood this continent in great stead. That is why our languages are where, in general terms, where they've always been. That is why this country here uh, has so many stories about Mulloway, so many stories about uh, woodworm, so many stories about whale, because the, that language is about this country. And the, the people from this country were told to look after the country. Further up in the mountains from here, there's stories about moth. We know those stories, but they're not our stories. They come from the mountain. We can go there. We can listen to those stories. We can participate in the stories, but they belong to those people. And down here, we have our own stories. We belong to our own land. Our primary objective, our responsibility is to look after land. And that took a lot of organisation 
And we have to respect those old people, those old geniuses so long ago who worked this out. And it doesn't matter whether it's 120,000 years or 60 years or 25,000 years. It doesn't matter. What matters is the graciousness of those people to work it out, to understand the human animal, the aggressiveness of the human animal, its selfishness, its propensity to be violent, and work out a system that contained that, a system that told those two brothers, you're being selfish. You didn't share with that old man. And now the earth is going to pay you back with bones. And I, when Chris was telling that story, I thought, those old people, you know, how they must have loved, how they must have cared, how they must have wished for the health of their own people, but much more they wished for the health of the land because she comes before us. And what worries me is that in Western thought, we humans come before the land. And that is why our cultures are so different because we think other way. We think upside down way to that, that we belong to land. We owe her everything. She owes us nothing. She is just beautiful, as she is. I'm very proud to have been able to contribute a story which comes from this country. And it's cold tonight, and it'll be cold tomorrow morning, but it'll be beautiful tomorrow afternoon. She is a beautiful mother. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce, for your insights into the different grasses and, and their maturing at different times, but also importantly into the Aboriginal cultural values of communal responsibility and reciprocity that that all emphasised. It's been a valuable contribution to tonight's discussion. We'll move on to our next speaker, Pastor Ray has already explained um, where he's from, but he hasn't outlined that he's a director of Bungie Consultancies. He's Reverend and Community Chaplain in Redfern and Glebe. He's an advisor to Hope Street Urban Compassion, founder and former CEO of Kinchilla Boys Home Corporation, founder of Bomondary Aboriginal Children's Home Corporation, founder of Red Dust Role Models and council member of St Andrew's Cathedral School and founding member of Gawara Aboriginal School, and I'm not over, as well as founder and chairperson of the Coloured Diggers Project in Redfern, former national manager of World Vision, Australia's Indigenous Program, and former editor-in-chief of the National Indigenous Leadership Journal and valued executive member of the IPO. Thank you, Ray. You didn't have to yeah. go through all that. <laughs> Bored me to tears. Acknowledge. Got to acknowledge. <laughs> uh, look, first of all, I just want to say thank you to the NADOC committee for uh, choosing such a, an important uh, theme for this year, Healing Country. They've come up with some amazing themes throughout their life. And I've always reminded of the 2018 theme, which was about because of her, we can. And 
I think like what Bruce is saying here and Chris, because of our mother earth, we can. <laughs> In a sense, we, it's not only we can, but we must do everything we can to make sure that we protect her and look after her. So healing country is a really, really powerful theme. And I know we could speak about this theme for the next uh, 20 years. Hopefully we, we will be here 20 years and into the future. But I'll leave that up to Kat, uh, Virginia or to, to let us know where, where we're at. But look, when this theme came out, the first thing that came into my mind was uh, if we're going to heal country, we need to know what it looks like before it became so wrecked. And so our creation stories tell us all of this, gives us all this evidence of what was created for us to look after and protect. And there's so many different creation stories around and potted out throughout our country. And I've been to a number of those creation story sites and they're very powerful. And, uh, uh, you know, many of us can go to a place like Uluru and we know we're in a very deeply spiritual place there, but it's also a very, very important place to tell us who we are, where we come from, and all the things necessary about our identity as people who have got these huge responsibilities to look after country. And part of that too is just to recognize the things that connect us as Indigenous peoples, our reality that we still practice today. We still believe that, you know, we, we're a part of a spiritual place and multiple spirit beings are there or they're included, including our ancestors. They're a part of who we are. When I go back to country, I can go back to that little spot where my mother and my father, my grandparents, my grandfather, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents are buried there, and I can go and have a yarn with them. And when I hear, for example, one of my totems is the kookaburra, when I hear the kookaburra, I know that's my grandmother there. And so we live in this particular way in which everything around us is what we're connected to. Our connections to all of this, we believe, are very sacred. All land is sacred. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. And uh, this new system that comes in which separates sacred from secular is not our philosophy, it's not our thinking, it's not our behaviour, it's not the way that we live. Even though I'm living in an urban environment, these particular Indigenous realities and worldviews are still part of my makeup. I can't just dish it out the door. It's still a part of who we are. So the sacred and the secular for us are still one. We do have these you know, religious interpretations of whatever happens. I know my, my eldest sister there taught us to listen to this one bird. And if you hear this bird here, Ray, you know you've got to come home or something's going to happen. <laughs> and so when I hear that bird, it happens, whatever it has. And we know we also have this, you know, this, this, this struggle between all the things that uh, we, we relate to. And um, we're people-centred. We're community-centred. We have this deep respect for our ancestors and for, the, for our old people. And one of the things that I think is missing today, one of the things that I miss the most from the old days 
because I was brought up on the other side of 1967. So a lot of the old practices were still in place, intact in, in those days. So I miss those old ceremonies. And we call them corroborates these days. But those ceremonies were so important. I know when my father took me to my first Bunya festival down in his country, and we celebrated that time and that, that, that place there, or to those other ceremonies there. Ceremonies were so important to maintaining that equilibrium, that cosmological equilibrium, living at peace between ourselves, our environment, our nature, and also our creator. We've lost that sense of ceremony. We need to regain that. And in this climate debate that we're having, you won't hear this, this reinstatement of ceremony as a part of the ways in which humans interact with both the created as well as the creator. And uh, it's something that is very deep and wholesome to my life. In looking at this topic too, uh, one of the disturbing things that I, uh, when I've tried to understand all the things that has taken place here is uh, for you younger generation anyways, there was a report in 1979. It was called the Charney Report, C-H-A-R-N-E-Y, Charney Report. And it was the first time that scientists started to detect that there's something happening in our planet and to our earth, that somehow the earth is heating up. And if we keep on going down this trajectory, then we're not going to have life on earth as we know it today. And perhaps because we're not practicing those ceremonies around those creation sites and those sacred sites as we used to do, that would keep the balance that we were looking for. And so what they discovered was that this heating up of the planet is what we're facing today. It's the reasons why we at... Uh, the Indigenous Peoples Organisation has partnered with Better Futures Australia. So it's not only our Indigenous knowledge, as well as our Indigenous scientific knowledge, as Bruce has just explained to us, and is so evident in the story that uh, Chris told us, but that scientific knowledge is what's going to help us to bring back this balance, this cosmological equilibrium that we so desire so that we can start living together on this planet as we were designed to be, as we are created to be, and as we are supposed to be. We've got a long way to go. Thank you, Ray. Your insights and wisdom are always a really valuable contribution. Our final speaker this evening is Dr. Virginia Marshall, who is a Wiradjuri and Yamba woman and inaugural Indigenous postdoctoral fellow at the Australian Uni National University School of Regulation and Global Governance and Penner School of Environment and Society, whose postdoctoral research focused on water law reform and Indigenous peoples in Australia. Virginia was awarded the 2018 Distinguished Woman Scholar Award from the University of Victoria, British Columbia, and the IATSA Stenner Award for her doctoral thesis titled a web of Aboriginal water rights, examining the competing Aboriginal claim for water property rights and interests in Australia. 
Virginia is also the author of Overturning Aquinalius, Securing Aboriginal Water Rights in Australia, and is also a principal solicitor working around land and water rights and native title, and another valued member of the IPO executive. Thank you, Virginia. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Um, it's so important to hear uh, about healing country, and that was uh, definitely my journey in, in, in writing about country and researching country and gathering all the evidence I could on our side to have people understand our use of water. You know, when Bruce is talking about our foods and our grasses, our use and understanding and relationship to water is so important. I describe that um, for people to understand as a web of water rights, you know, a web of interests, so they could understand the connectivity to everything that water is part of us. It's the bitter water, the salt water, the fresh water, and the many other types of water that exist across country for communities and their identity that's held in that water. So I think that, you know, this is what we've sadly faced and, and Bruce has pointed out with um, bush foods, for example, bush tucker. But we've also really applied this in, in an area that I've, I've been working as a lawyer for 10 years, which is Aboriginal medicines and, and the same importance that those medicines will be for the world. But when we also don't treat the water in the way that it deserves to be treated, that Aboriginal people need to have that relationship directly with water to also uh, exactly in what you said, Bruce, is, is that understanding of, of soils and, and people from our community being there from community, but also with the water, we need to be there. We need to access that water and look after that water, those water holes. That care and love needs to be shared across country. And we have so many stories about why the treatment of water is so important and we've really uh, failed to see that, not only in, in law, but we failed to see that across this country when we commodified water in 2004 and further separated legally Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people from water and that relationship to water. But it also separated non-Indigenous people from water and for the need to understand the relationship that is since time began, you know, that's an incredibly long time since we've had that understanding and also to create those barriers that have now been put up to divide water into conquest, to look at it as a commercial water, environmental water, but not see the cultural and the spiritual part of water in our lives and the meaning of water, which Uncle Ray talked about, that spiritual connection and, and the understanding of our place and and also the good health um, that, that goes with good drinking water, with ensuring that groundwater is healthy and recharged naturally, you know, to identify that ancient water in the paleo channels, for example, is living and breathing. It's an entity. But we also, because of this failed policy and failed laws in a Western sense, that we're clutching for so many different ideas to fill that void, which is the rights of nature, making uh, a separation again between a river and making a separation between a, a, a tree or a mountain, a national park, for example, and that's not a natural fit for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. 
clutching at those voids uh, in a Western sense and in an Indigenous sense only uh, really compounds the, the problems that we have with water. And I think that the most amazing part of this journey on Healing Country, as everybody's pointed out, there's creation stories that really give us a very clear understanding of why those relationships are so important and why they speak of sharing, and that is just so critical. And we saw that with the cool fire farming practices over in the bushfire seasons that we had that were dreadful. You know, all around us were days that looked more like a movie set than um, uh, something that we'd experienced ever before. And, and along comes this wonderful, big-hearted community, our community, that, that actually says, well, this is the way you actually manage the bush. This is the way that you manage the soils. And we really want to, you know, share this understanding. And so I think that we've always got to see that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are always looking for ways to come together. And I think that that's what we're doing tonight is healing country by saying to everyone, non-Indigenous people and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities that for us to actually keep living on this planet, to enjoy those, those foods that Bruce is talking about and to understand the creation stories and the importance of those that Chris pointed out and to understand the depth of relationship between ceremony and, and water and our foods and the purpose of why we're here couldn't be more clear in, in the whole reality of climate change. Again, you know, it's not that we have to see human beings as the enemy. We have to understand and learn from Indigenous peoples all around the world, and that's very clear on climate change. It gives us an opportunity now to, to make a difference and, and to really take on board the science, take on board the environmental indicators that tell us that there are real problems and that we need to actually be listened to, that all the best science from the West will not really save us because if we're living on this country, uh, we can't eat cotton, we can't eat a whole range of different Western materials and seeds. They also need to be acclimatised and the best way to eat foods is, is from country. Those incredible foods from creation stories is really important that's what we're going to survive on. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Today on the show we had part two of a three-part episode called Custodians of Country and it's from the NADOC 2021 series, Heal Country, Heal Climate. This webinar series is hosted by the Indigenous Peoples Organisation Australia at indigenouspeoplesorg.com.au and Better Futures Australia at betterfutures.org.au. And if you missed part of today's show or you want to check out part one or part two, you can find the podcasts and all the details of all the speakers at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. And if you're already listening via a podcasting service, we would love you to subscribe. And why not rate us and give us a review to help spread the word? Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this show out to you. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Nam. 
And we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. And you can also find us on your socials. That's all for today, but don't forget, tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories. G'day, my name is Margie Thorpe. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on your dial. Tune in to Billabong Beats Tuesdays at 11am with me, Gavin Moore, giving a voice to both Western Kulin and Kulin First Nations peoples. Join me to talk about philosophy and dreamtime stories surrounding the waterhole, the sacred fire, the land, the plants and animals. Billabong Beats, 11am Tuesdays on 3CR. There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855 AM. Keep in touch. 3cr.org.au